What's up? What's up, Colin? Hey, you got that low angle. Yeah, I've got kind of a funky setup going on. Because my office was, like, within ears distance of the children's room, so I moved into another room. Man, you're, like, super pro. Look at your mic. (laughs) Yeah, I'm super pro. Yeah, look at it. It's, like... That's like what people use on radio stations. <laughs> I don't even know if it works good. I just it just looks cool, so No, it looks great. Yeah, it's my wow. bling. It's my podcast bling. That is so bling. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing, man? You're looking good. Oh, thank you. You too. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh for the people listening, yeah. If you haven't if you haven't seen Colin's latest edit, go on uh, Dirtbox Vimeo and watch it's called 25 cents. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well um it's uh it's it was the quarter edit cuz it just skated a quarter. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm, I was going to ask you about the name, but that makes sense. Quarter. Okay, yeah, you skated or a quarter. 20 I don't know. I don't know if how how to say it verbally, but yeah, it's it was a we just I mean, we wanted to make an edit on a quarter. So, well, I I wanted to make an edit on a quarter. So, so that's I don't know. I just re, in, in text messages, it it was referred to as as the, you know the title, and nobody's ever really said it out loud. I think until just now. So, I don't right. know. <laughs> no, that totally makes sense. I feel like an idiot for not for not understanding that now. Well, when af, after it was posted. I realized I was like, oh, I think people might think this is a VOD for a quarter. That's what I first thought when I saw like the thumbnail. Yeah, but no, I even uh, I was talking to Joey and he was really intrigued by the title. He said he liked the title a lot. I'm not sure if he understood that it was a quarter because you were skating a quarter the whole time. Yeah, but he liked the title. I, I like the title too because I, I yeah. Don't, it, <laughs> It grabbed my attention, and I had to watch it. So anyway, like I, I really liked it anyway. And if you haven't seen it, go watch it now before you listen to this. But uh, Thank you. I was like texting with Leon and Joey and my boys, and when, when something good comes out, there'll always be like a string of messages like, oh, shit, did you see this? Did you see this? And the talk of that morning was the, the quarter edit, and we were all talking about it. And then it just struck me like, oh, man, I got a podcast with this guy. I actually, I haven't done a podcast in over a year, um, but I was yeah, very inspired to, to talk to you after, uh, after watching the edit. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm really humbled by your request, though. I really, I appreciate it. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, oh, I'm curious. So wait, you guys, you guys have like a group text that you got going on or what? We do. Yeah, there's usually a group te- text going on with me and Joey and Leon and Colin Braddy, just like yeah. talking like rollerblading shit. I, I, I actually don't chime in too often. I'll usually just look at what they're talking about because it's usually like nerdy tech stuff, like rollerblading tech <laughs> stuff that I'm not as into. But they'll like yeah. go off about like wheel sizes and oh, we should make like a, well, it's Leon, you know, like throwing ideas out there for his frame and everything. It's cool. So it's just you three on that? And I think Colin Braddy and his brother is on some stew. 
Do you know Colin and Stu? Are you kidding me? Come on. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Stupid questions. Sorry, my cat is like rubbing against my makeshift mic. My cat is totally love-starved since I had kids. Like, I totally stopped giving him affection. (laughs) I used to give him so much love. And now I don't give him any. You have, yeah, so wait. We both have two kids. Yes, we do. Yeah. Around the same ages. I have like a a four-year-old and a almost six-month-old. How old are your kids? So my first, uh, August, he's almost four. And okay. we just had another kid. We just had another kid. Um, his name's Matthias. Uh, he's two months now. Wow. So yeah, two boys. Two boys, yeah. That's pretty crazy. And we were both born in 82. Whoa. So our lives are nice. seem to be on a very similar trajectory. We both were born in 82. We both had babies in what, like 2013? Our yeah. first child we had in 2013. We both had a second child in 2016. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you'll have a third or you think you're good with the two boys? Uh, um... I mean... Oh, you don't uh, have to answer it. You seem really uncomfortable with that question. Uh, she is... Man, so... Man, she, my, my, my girl is just way too awesome. Like, especially in the last, like, like six months. She's been so awesome. And I keep asking her, like, why, why are you being so cool? Like, are you trying to do a third? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> She's like, no, 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 no. But yeah, she's like, I don't know. She's really amazing. And I don't, I like, I want to have two kids and I know she wants to have a third. Uh. And I've always, I've always told her like, you know, like, I don't know if we can really handle three. Like, come on. Like, you know that I like to like, I, I, I love like being around the kids, but like, you know, I kind of like to do things. I like to like, you know, be out and stuff and i like want to be a really good dad and i don't want to be a bad dad right she's like she is like evolving into like the most amazing mom so it's making me feel like really bad saying that now and i told we've talked about this i don't know we'll see we'll see i i (laughs) right now right now i'm thinking like two's good um but you know we'll see how it works out see how it goes yeah and also I mean, there's a big philosophical question here, but, you know, with population in the world, is that, like, bad to say that? It's a consideration. I I mean, once you get into three kids, then you're you're increasing the number of people in the world. Like, if you have two, you start as two, you create two more, boom, it's equal. It's a level playing field. When you go over two... You're, you're creating more than you started with. Yeah, I don't but, know. The big, phil- I mean, just having one is a big philosophical question, and then I don't, two, I don't know. it just it, it compounds itself, maybe, or maybe it's go, maybe it doesn't, maybe it's the opposite of compounding. I don't know, dude. I think about this a little too deeply, maybe. <laughs> maybe, 
It's just you should do whatever you want to do. What about I you? I don't like, worry about the earth. What, what about you? Are you trying to have a third? Nope. No, I'm done. I'm done. What about her? She's done. I think. Well, yeah, okay, you... okay. I might have said that a little bit bluntly. I, um, I haven't got the vasectomy yet, but. And there's been moments where I'm like, oh, it'd be nice. We could do a third. But, man, that's crazy. I don't think I can do three. I mean, two is crazy enough. Two is is so much work, like, when compared to one. I think we're good with two. Yeah, so you're lucky, though. You had a boy and a girl. Yeah. And she she really wants a girl, so. Oh, Okay. That's where, like, if we, if my second was a girl, like, we, I think that she would be totally cool with stopping. That makes there. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that? Do you think your listeners actually really want to hear about this conversation? Um, not, maybe <laughs> not particularly. I think it's interesting because you are who you are, but we can shift. We can shift gears and get more into the rollerblading stuff. Well, we can talk about anything you'd like. Um, I'm just. Uh, yeah, I just, <clears throat> it's, I guess it's just, uh, maybe the, maybe a lot of rollerbladers are um, moving into this era of their lives, though, so I maybe think some they, people are in hearing it. Yeah, they they are, but I, I do share, like, I get a little bit self-conscious when I drone on too much about the kids, or, like, because I know there's a lot of single bladers out there that aren't in that world, and they don't. It's like they might not want to hear about it or pretend like it's never going to happen <laughs> to them. They're still in that kind of zone, which is cool. You know, for a long time, I was on I was on the team of like, oh, I'm never having kids. I'm never doing that. And then it just happens and and it's cool and it's awesome. Um, but I can see it from their point of view. Where well, I guess. I, I, so I haven't listened to like all the mushroom blading podcasts or anything, but you haven't like, listened to all two hundred and eighteen. What? <clears throat> I thought <laughs> I thought we were cool, man. What is this? No, <laughs> no, no. I definitely, I definitely have heard heard a few of your podcasts, um, but uh, I guess there had at least the ones that I've listened to, there wasn't that much content about how having kids affects your skating stuff. Or am I wrong? Have you guys? Yeah, you might be right about that. Just because I've, I. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I've I've talked so much shit on podcasts. I really can't even remember <laughs> what I've said. I'm. Yeah. I just kind of put that out of my brain because it's just too embarrassing. I try not to relive it. Right. <laughs> but it, it is an interesting topic because it does change your experience with skating. I mean, obviously, I can't skate as much, which always, it sounds like a negative, but for me, I'm always so excited when I, to, when I do get to go out that it's, like, I always have, I, like, I have a lot more fun with it. It's like when you have an abundance of freedom, you don't, you never appreciate it as much. You can kind of get like bored with skating or you use it a little bit too much. You just go out all the time and you end up kind of like hanging out a lot and not being as passionate. But I find like when I get to go out now, it's like 
it, there's, I don't take it for granted and I like really, uh, take advantage of the opportunity. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I feel exactly the same way. I, th- since I've had kids, um, I've, I, I know you do this too, cause I, I've, I've seen, seen this, I think in some of the edits or something, but yeah, like since I've had kids, since I've had kids, I, I've started to make trick lists. Yeah. <laughs> it make it makes it much more efficient. I mean, uh, like that edit, the, the edit that you're talking about, the quarter edit, um, it, it was basically what it was is me. Uh, it was, it was a trick list where, um, over a year period or so, I, um, I was just doing like trying a bunch of different tricks and learning a bunch of different tricks. And then, um, there, I just filmed most of them on a phone and then like, I put them on like an Instagram account that I could just kind of look back at a private Instagram account that I could look back at and kind of see what I liked and look, you know, what I thought looked the best. Um, and then I, uh, um, when we went to go film, I had a list of like, I think 30 or 35 different tricks that I had in (laughs) that I like, I I knew I could do them. I've done them already. Right. And I, um, I just, I basically, I just needed drew to like, to make it look good, you know? Yeah. Well, I needed to make it look good too, but like, um, yeah. So, and and then we both together, uh, I like, I, I talked to him about all the tricks, like what tricks do you think I should do? Which ones do you think I shouldn't do? Um, and we together like just decided which ones I should try. Um, and then we filmed about maybe eight or nine other tricks that, no, maybe more than that, maybe 10 or I don't know, something like that, like 10 or 11 tricks that ended up not going in because we, uh, I don't know, we, we, we were trying to like put together a very cohesive, like a piece that was like, uh, had a, a very certain type of trick and looked a certain way and looked right. And then we basically weeded out those and then put it together. Yeah. Well, like every trick in the edit was something that has never been done before. Pretty much. I mean, the, one of the only standard, more standard tricks was like the, the air to cess into the quarter. Like I've, yeah. I've seen that done, but every other trick um, like the grinds on the quarters to like rolling in, in the same body position, the, the gazelle on, at the beginning on the quarter, um, like the, the zero spin fakie, the kick out, like that your foot went beyond the coping on the spine, like all, every single thing I've, I've seen you do similar things, but that it's all stuff that's never been filmed or not that i've seen in edits even the 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 shifty (laughs) like the 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 shifty air like shifty shifty i mean (laughs) on the quarter like these things don't even have names you can you can hear me try to struggle to describe all the stuff that you did but uh you could tell that you you thought a lot about (laughs) about the tricks and it was just it was just very impressive obviously it blew minds really well, thank. You. Well, so one of the, one of the curiosities, I guess, I had in having like this discussion with like you in particular, or this, I suppose, I could say 
um, anyone in your close circle is, I guess, kind of how that was perceived. So it was, maybe I'm, uh, I don't know how to word this, but the, the tricks that I was doing were, I guess, other than the, that hangover trick, I call that just a tip. The one where you put, like I put my foot over the other side. Nice. But, um, other than that trick, like pretty much every trick is directly influenced by you guys. And that, but that's so weird because my comment when I saw it was like, this is, this made me feel so uncreative. This, this edit. What are you talking about? Dude? No, I like, I don't feel like I've really been, I think I've been, I've been skating really hard, but I, I don't feel like I've been really pushing like new tricks. I think I've been recycling a lot of old stuff and I've been having fun doing it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting it down, but I, I, it hasn't been as like, like every, all those tricks were like, it was new shit. I had never, have you ever seen someone like do grinds on a quarter and then roll into the quarter in that same body position? Yeah. So, well, <clears throat> I would agree that basically there are like subtleties that maybe haven't been done or haven't been done quite exactly like that. But I, I, I think that you would have to agree that there's, um, I'm not trying to knock on my own edit here, but, uh, <laughs> Um, I mean, there, you can like really easily tie the concepts that, uh, the, the concepts of the tricks into something that has been done. Like, I think, was it there? I can't, I can't remember. I, I have a really bad memory by the way, but, um, I, I can't remember exactly, uh, the, the, like the grind to set light in that's definitely been done. Um, it's been done hundreds and hundreds of times by yeah. lots of different people. Yeah. Um, and I guess the surprising thing to some people was just keeping the same position of your body. And really it's like, uh, it, it's a very, it's a small subtlety that, uh, that makes the trick unique, I suppose, but it's nothing necessarily that is like really groundbreaking. You know what I'm saying? Um, basically, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, in my opinion, I was actually really surprised that like the that the trick that most people were the the most surprised about or the, that most people took notice of was I think the acid to set slide, and that so that trick's like by far the easiest one of anything in that edit, but that was the most like impressive trick somehow. It's really it was very like I don't know it was really weird that most people took that trick. Well, it's interesting because to you, it was, I mean, yeah, you, you made it look easy, but I think for most people to even just drop into a quarter in that body position, like in that acid going sideways position, that would be like a stunt. That would be really scary, like standing up there or, you know, like even just thinking about it, like, um, to you, you've, you've figured it out, you know, you've, you've gone through it, you've done it, you've broken it down to a point where it's easy to you but i guess for people who haven't even begun to think about that to just see someone do it is uh is is really shocking it's like um probably for you the the edit isn't nearly as exciting because you've been doing all these 
all these tricks, you've broken them down. It's not, it's no longer surprising to you. So it's very difficult for you to see the edit from other people's perspective who are just seeing all that shit fresh. It's like, what the fuck? It, it really looks, it looks super unique. Um, super impressive. Like, do you, th is it easy for you to come up with those things? Would you say that it was easy for you? Hmm. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hard question to answer, I guess. Um, I don't know if really like the, I, I don't know how to answer. Like if it's, if it's, I can tell you about like how I think about diff, like learning new tricks or different tricks. Okay. Um, I think I can tell you, can I? <laughs> Like maybe, well, you, I'm like, dude, you, you and Joey and Leon and uh, Colin and Stu and Danny, like, dude, you guys are doing some like super, super like cool, different, unique stuff. And all of you guys have like, a, like you guys definitely go through, I guess everybody, no, actually, uh, no, not everybody tries to think of uh, different tricks to do. Like a lot of people want to like really perfect the uh the classics yeah like well for example like okay i skate with sean darst a lot and yeah. he he is your prime example of somebody who really cherishes uh i don't know if cherish is the right word there but he really like focuses hard on taking the most classic trick we call them vintage tricks but he, uh taking like vintage tricks and making them as perfect and beautiful as possible. Not robotic, but right. like just really, really good looking. You, you know? can tell. Yeah. Just extracting as much style um, and finesse into that classic trick. It's almost like two different philosophies. And I love, I love Sean Darcy's skating. I love those people who, who just take those classic tricks and really refine them and perfect them. Um, I, I do appreciate that, that, uh, process, but then there's the other process where it's just coming up with new movements, right? Yeah. We, so, uh, I'm, I'm maybe other, other, you know, little clicks of skating have discussions like this, but like, so I'm the dude at the session and it's all, always doing like the dumb shit <laughs> like, the, like oddball random like what are you doing over there dude kind of stuff and then there's like you know like whatever you know sean's doing like your basic topsole that looks amazing and you know and then we sit down and we like poke fun at each other about the tricks that we're doing and i mock him that he's like i'm like come on dude think think a little here and he's like oh i'm doing something different you know <laughs> like all right whatever but, um, uh, I mean, like when I, like the way that I try to, I think that the way that I, uh, think about a different or new trick to do is I think the thing I look at the most is when I watch other people or myself, uh, like, or if I, you know, thinking about what I'm doing and I really like, I mess a trick up if I, or like, so I'll be watching other people skate and somebody will totally mess something up. And I'll th like, I'll think, oh, you know, 
wait, that would be kind of cool to do it, to actually like do that, but make it look like, or make it do it like this, you know, make, figure it out to how to make that work. You right. Know, how it, to make it work. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that's the way that I find, uh, tricks to do the most, uh, is, is through other people or my own errors. Right. Um, uh, or like, yeah, I mean, just like you're, I guess you're base, you know, looking at other, other people landing tricks and then, uh, uh, it's usually like some little nuance that you see, um, some, someone doing, and maybe they didn't even intend to do it, but then uh, like in a way exaggerating that nuance to make it something that is actually a different trick. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. While you're describing that, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing someone like miss a, miss a topside and how their boot kind of like slides out, but doing that purposely and like making a trick out of that. Look, it works. It works. Exactly. It makes me excited. Like, let's go be a cool trick to try. Let's go do that. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, you'd have to like fly that. All right. So topsail, do a topsail, your, your top foot, like on the deck of say a quarter pipe. Uh, so a topsail on a quarter and your top foot set slides, uh, uh, like, well, you know, you could lock on to topsail and then your top foot intentionally, your, 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 um, your sole foot intentionally unlocks, yeah. slides around to set slide around, uh, around your foot, almost into a unity, right? Okay. Your, your one foot's on the deck and then your other foot, your, your sole foot ends up sliding all the way around into an alley-oop acid. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there. Yeah, so you could you could figure out a trick on a on a mistake. <laughs> it's really endless. That's what's exciting to me about about skating. That's kind of what keeps me intrigued and keeps me wanting to do it more. Is that I feel like I've only scratched the surface of what is possible. And I know it's I endless, know. man. It's it's, uh, it's so cool, dude. That's what's so exciting about it. <laughs> yeah so i've been i've been watching your instagram posts for for a while you had like the some posts on micro circus and you've got some posts on your bad 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 drug party music or what is that again bad bad music Um, drug party (laughs) hey hold hold on a second hold on you're the connection's a little goofy is it is it goofy for you or no it was a it sketched out a little bit there it seems to be fine now okay sorry so you were you were saying what about instagram just that um i've been following your posts for the last couple years or year i don't know there was micro circus and uh your what is your instagram account called bad drugs uh yeah, I well, I deleted my old Instagram. Oh, I, I, How dare you, by the way? I, I was wondering because I couldn't find a lot. That's where I'm going with this is like I tried to go back and, and see a bunch of stuff. And then I couldn't find it. And you Oh, de- yeah. So you deleted um, it. Yeah. How dare you? Um, yeah, yeah. So, well, I, the, my, the new, my new Instagram name, it's bad drug party music. Rory came up with that cause he hates, uh, he hates the type of music 
that like we've been listening to quite a bit recently <laughs> and he, the way that he makes fun of like it, it's like like house or techno kind of like I don't know. He he calls it bad drug party music, so I'm exploiting that. Nice. Um, I like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So I I I got rid of my old Instagram just to kind of start fresh. You know, it's kind of it feels good to do that. Um, and can then, you? Do you still have all those clips? That... Uh oh yeah. So I I just made like a new account and then I. Uh, um, I just privated my old account and then like removed, uh, all of my friends from it so that it's <laughs> not viewable. <laughs> Is that need, bad? Uh, Hey, that's what you want to do, but you should, you should make a, a compilation edit for YouTube or something. No, no. Yeah, well, there was a lot of hot shit on there. Well, I want, that's why I wanted to get rid of it is cause I want to like start fresh and not like look back at like my my past <laughs> i don't know like i want to like i don't it's good it's good to like have like a reset you know i don't want to like i don't want to go back to that i, I want to start like something new and in, in the last year i was like yeah i want to like i want to have a reset i want to do the i want to do something different now and just have like start diff, you know start something different now so you don't want to have anything online that's the old colin is that what you're saying well, it's not that there's like an old Colin and new Colin, but like just like a reset. You know, it's the same Colin just hit, hitting reset kind of. Because I, I also noticed that there isn't a lot of like, um, well, I couldn't find any edits of you like from older videos or anything. And I know you've had sections. Is that purposeful that you've kept that stuff offline? Um. Well, no. Uh I mean, there's, there's like parts that I've, I've done uh, it like many, many years ago, uh, that were just on like DVDs. Um, but okay. those aren't, I, yeah, I don't think they're online. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that's kind of, for me personally, I think that's kind of a good thing. I mean, don't you kind of, actually, no, I was going to say, don't you kind of like have, you, you want to stray away from like the really old you in a way, but you guys keep, you guys post a lot of like a lot of throwback stuff <laughs> in it. In a sense, I can understand your, uh, the, your, your mind frame, like wanting to, to keep it offline, like keep like a, a pure kind or, a a current vision of who you are and what you kind of stand for and, and and represent um but at the same time like there's so many ideas that you're you're hold you're keeping from the masses people that could um use those ideas or expand upon them um so even if they're primitive to you or they're not the direction that you want to go now it's still something that people can take and and draw influence from yeah, you know what? If I actually felt that way um, about like my old stuff, um, I I probably would have not obscured it. But I don't really feel that way about it. I think it's pretty. I don't know. It's like basic stuff. You know, I don't know. Some people might disagree, but I think in general, like 
um, I think the general consensus would be that it's not uh, something that is really uh, very uh, it's not much of a positive contribution to the uh, <laughs> it's not much of a positive contribution to the what Frank Stoner does this way better. Why are you interviewing no, me? <laughs> I hear what you're saying. It's it's not a, a contribution to the collective consciousness of roller. Yeah, game. it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's not as it's not as much. Yeah, I think so. specifically those early Instagram clips. Now it's hard, like I have a terrible memory as well, but I feel like there was a lot of stuff that was really sick um, from the last couple of years that you posted on Instagram that I would love to have available to view now. Okay, selfishly. Yeah. Hit- you should just, you should, you should uh, give me access to your private account is what, what I'm saying. <laughs> just <laughs> cool. me. All right. Yeah. Just me. I, I need those ideas. I, I actually uh, yesterday I gave my my wife access to that account. Oh, did you? Yeah. So it'll be you and my wife on there. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, well, that's interesting that you that you do that. Do you think yeah. like in a couple years you you'll feel that way about your quarter edit? You'd be like, oh, oh. I don't. I don't want this online. Um, well, maybe not for sure. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. It's good to like, man, honestly, like in I I've gotten older and realized that all these people in my age group or especially like older than me are they're so stuck on the past. They're so stuck on like, oh, the past used to be so good and like and they want to like stay in a very certain, like, they want to, like, stay in that mind state. And for me, like, yeah, it's cool to, like, know stuff happened in the past and respect it, but it almost influences me personally. I don't know about others, but me personally, I feel like it influences me negatively. Like, I want to live now. I want to focus on now and um, not keep regurgitating stuff or even like i don't want my brain to be infiltrated by this stuff that you know is just uh it's old news you know i want to i want to be i want to stay present and be um um i don't know just be aware of what is um happening you know i don't my i do i have like such a small brain (laughs) I can't, I only have like such a small amount of space that stuff can like, like hold in what's happening. And I gotta like, I gotta cut out the other stuff, man. But you, you know that you can like, you can put stuff on the internet and you don't have to, you can stay away from it. You don't have to watch it or think about it, but you, you still feel kind of like held hostage by it if it's out there. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, um. I don't know. Uh, I guess so. What you're saying is like, oh, like, so are you tempted to go back and look at it, and then it infiltrates you? Like, is what you're saying? I don't know, dude. I, yeah, I, I, I don't really know how to answer it, but I just, um, I have this gut feeling in in me to um, uh, to to keep things now. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know how to. Okay. 
I, I really appreciate <laughs> that. I, no, no, no. I appreciate that mindset. I appreciate that mindset of always looking forward and not wanting to focus too much on the past. I do agree with you that that's a problem that a lot of older rollerbladers have is to think too much about the past and not look forward and not think about what they can do in the present, what they can contribute in the present. Um, I'm not saying that like you guys, for example, or anyone should, there, there's all different groups that like repost old edits and stuff. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think that's fine. I think it's good to know your roots. I think it's good to be influenced by older videos and older things. Um, there's nothing wrong with, uh, that history being there and you being reminded of it. I, I don't think that there's, um, I don't know. I just, I only have so much that I can focus on and, um, that's not something that I'm trying to, yeah, I mean, part of it though is, um, I get, yeah, part, part of it is that I, I would like it if, uh, others are perceiving me in a, in a present state. Right. Uh, I think I think it's fine. Like if somebody wants to be like, Oh, Hey, like I saw something that you did. Like it, it, honestly, I don't think anybody would ever do this anyway, but like, you know, uh, Oh, I want to see this thing that you did like six years ago. Okay, cool. I'll send it to you. Like here it is, you know, but I, I just don't think that I personally have much to contribute, um, in the, you know, the broader scope of like our history and skating. I, I think that, you know, I'm, um, I'm just working to like have fun skating now and maybe other people, you know, want to skate with me and look at the stuff I'm doing and we can, I can look at your stuff too. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not good wording stuff, dude. <laughs> no, I think it's, I think it's great that you're, 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 you're motivated at this stage to, to move forward. That's, that's, that's really good. Um, so how how long do you think you're you're gonna skate like when you look into the future um what do you how do you see skating your experience of skating what do you see for the next like 10 years like do you have plans or do you have hopes or goals or like do you even think about it um not much no I don't know. yeah i um i want to I don't know, dude. Uh, I, I think that my, like, it's, it's pretty clear that what I'm putting out right now would kind of show that I'm looking to be in this in the long haul. Right. I'm not, I'm not, not, not only am I not capable of doing, doing like super crazy hammers. Um, I mean, I guess maybe I used to do some bigger stuff, but you know, now I'm not capable of it anymore. But also, I don't have that desire, and I think that those two things together will hopefully allow me to skate for quite some time. Um, one thing that I am like really proud about this, the like the piece that I put together is that I feel like it's able to connect with uh, a lot of people who want to like myself. Like we just really want to enjoy skating for the act of skating and its form and how it makes you feel. Um, and like, uh, the, 
um, just like the body movement aspect of it, which is not necessarily danger involved. Um, but I would like to think that people are able to connect to it, uh, uh, connect to that little, that piece that we did that, uh, they're able to connect to it, um, because they can see that, you know, you don't at least, I don't know. I feel like maybe people can see that you don't have to, uh, you don't have to break yourself off to, to do something different, you know, or to like enjoy it or to make something look good. You know, you can, uh, you can do that type of stuff and stay in it for the long haul. Yeah. Dude, you know how it is. I do. I know exactly (laughs) how it is. I used to, I used to be really like, I'm honestly though. I'm, I'm like, I'm really, I'm totally biting on you guys when it really comes down to it. You know? You guys really have led the way in in that concept. What I was just trying to describe, um, it's not something that like I, I really I really mean. I'm not trying to like uh, be on, you know jock you or, or you know your what all of you guys are are doing. But um, I think that you guys have made a huge impact in uh, being the ones who are. Uh, actually out there and doing the types of tricks that we're all wanting to do. And we're all like, it's enlightening to us to, to, to be able to see that, you know, you can really, you can break boundaries and you can do new things and you can push the sport and you can progress, um, without having to risk your future in skating. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Well, thank you, but I think there's a lot of people that are kind of getting on that that mindset. Like, I used to be really jealous of activities like playing the piano or painting or, um, like, things that, if you wanted to, you could do for your entire life. And I don't really feel that jealousy anymore because I do feel like there is a, a style of skating that's evolving that like you're saying, you can do it for really as long as you want. And it's not this really youthful, stupid thing that you can only do before you're 22 years old. And then, and then your body can't take it anymore, or it's just too risky. Um, cause I think that's such a depressing thought and such a depressing, uh, I would, I would hate to be so passionate about something that I was like, Oh, I've got one more year. I've got one more year to do this. Like that would be, that would be horrible for me. Like it, it's very nice that I can, I can safely say that I can enjoy this activity for a long time. You know? But I, so I think that when you, if you look at this in the, in the context of how uh, sport or how some sort of art affects humanity uh, throughout history, um, I just said throughout history and Siri activated somehow. <laughs> uh, uh, how, it, how I, I hopefully I didn't lose my train of thought here. Um, how it affects history uh, for humanity. I don't think that uh, I don't think that going out and breaking yourself off and uh, like doing one more stare or doing one extra 180 or uh, doing doing things like that will actually impact 
uh, like the human psyche. I think that uh, doing uh, uh, looking at at sport in general as something that is creative and artistic is something that will actually be impactful not only to you as a person but to others as a whole. I don't think that like say ballet, you know, if they add one extra pirouette to what they're doing, if that's going to actually do anything to uh, uh, to the history books. Right. But instead, but instead, the creative aspect of any art form of pushing those boundaries creatively uh, is what's actually going to um, change, uh, progress just the human mind in general. Totally. Oh, dude, I just got way. I didn't mean to do that. Get all deep and stuff. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> I'm struggling to follow it up, but but um, I can totally understand what you're saying. I think, and and I think with role biting in particular, I just, I wish I wish I could fucking hop in a time machine and see what role biting looks like in sixty years. Like, could you imagine that? Do you really think it's gonna exist in sixty years? Um. Well, do you think the yes. world is going to exist in 60 years? You realize Donald Trump is the president of the United States. I know. But <laughs> I do think I do think I'm not I'm not certain of it, but I do think the world is going to go on for a for for a long time. And rollerblading will? And rollerblading will. I think as long as the role, as long as the world is here and as long as the economy is somewhat wow. structured and we can like <laughs> like ship products over the ocean and things like that. I think rollerblading will be here, one hundred percent. Do you mean rollerblading? Like you have to at that point, you have to start defining like what is rollerblading. No, I mean rollerblading like how we rollerblade. Sort like obviously it's gonna evolve and it's gonna be very different, but it's gonna be an athletic, artistic kind of like going out on the streets. Um, doing moves, you know, in some capacity. I've thought a lot about it that, like, the equipment might look totally different, but it'll be the same concept. So wheels being attached to your feet and um, uh, performing some sort of um, maneuver with the, you know, some sort of uh, uh, creative or subjective maneuver. Yes. Uh, will will be in some form a uh, a hobby or sport or activity that people do for 60 years so hold on even more even more yes even longer than that i'm i'm saying in 60 years there will be people on this planet that are very very good at having wheels under their feet or possibly one wheel it might be like um like those segways it might be like one wheel, <laughs> one wheel that's attached on like an axis that's that's um, controlled like the way the Segway is like it stops you from falling forward or backwards, you know, and it could be like one big wheel that's like up on your leg that that's kind of <laughs> like to the side. But it like stops you from it stops you from falling. Basically, you can do any roll biting move on it. But uh, but it'll be way faster because it's one 
big, like, I don't know. It, the technology will 100% change. But it'll yeah. be the same concept. It'll just so be it's, like, it's it'll, it'll just be way better because the technology will evolve like crazy. So is there anything that we can do? That, well, actually, first, before I ask this, is there any sport or sport that can be interpreted as being creative uh, that has um, gen genuinely impacted um, humanity uh, in a way that will like be like notable in history. I'm not. I'm not sure if it'll be notable in history because at the at like at the end of the like at the end of the day it's I don't know if it's pointless but it, it'll have a positive impact on individuals like it'll it'll have a huge positive impact on people who fall in love with those activities well what i mean is like so like dance for example is something that like definitively has impacted society as a whole throughout all of history right um no um it's impacted i think people's experience it's made life better for people like it's just a fun thing for people to do but has it influenced humanity the way that computers have you know or the no, way like I would go so far as to say that something like dance has affected politics. It has affected um, commerce. It, it has affected, um, you know, many different aspects of life. So I guess what I'm saying is, uh, uh, or what I'm asking really is like, is there anything about, um, you know, is there like other than something like dance, is there any sport or any uh, anything in the realm of what we do that actually has like a real long lasting impact? I think that that question actually is um, it's important uh, in the context of what you're saying, like rollerblading will be around for 60 years. And I would say maybe it, <clears throat> it only would be if it actually has some sort of real impact on society. You know what I mean? Um, well, I think rollerbladers will have a huge impact on society. Like, I think um, the I don't I don't think I don't think skateboarding has had a big influence on society, but I think skateboarders have had a big influence on society. Like, um, I think it is like. It, in a sense, it saves a lot of people because it gives people something that they really, really enjoy doing and it transforms their life. And by transforming their life, it gives them an opportunity to influence the world in a much more positive way. So people, like you look at, like, I don't know, like Mark Gonzalez, like if that guy had never found skateboarding, he may have just been a bum walking around the streets kind of like he would have been this wasted talent, you know, because he didn't find something that 
really motivated him to keep himself together, give something to give him self-esteem, something to give him confidence in himself. I think these sports have that power that they can, they can give people a voice. They can give people, um, a strength within themselves through, through esteem and through just having something to care about. And then it gives them an opportunity to grow old and to, and to, um, and gives them an opportunity to change culture. So my answer to your question is that um, I think rollerbladers could have a big um, effect on on the culture. But for that to happen, then there would have to be more of us. There wouldn't have to be more of us, but the more there, the more of us there are, the more lives it's going to impact, and therefore the more effect it's going to have on our culture. You know? Yeah, I think that the, <clears throat> I think the number of rollerbladers. Do, would have an uh, would uh, be a catalyst for that. It, it, it could I, be. I think... It could be. But even even in its current state, even w- with small numbers, I'm just saying there's fewer people that it could possibly influence. But there's a lot of benefits to it being really small. Um, and and just because there are fewer people doesn't mean that those people those few people can't have an influence. But it would just be more prominent or more, pro- more, more distributed, prominent. more prominent. Um, you know, the more people, y- y- you know, yeah, but it doesn't I, have I, to be. Yeah. And so when, and, and making edits and things like what that does is that that keeps people interested, that motivates people to, progress in their own way. Um, it might motivate people to get into it. Um, at this point, I don't, I don't, I don't think a lot of people are getting into rollerblading because of videos that they see. I mean, it might happen on a rare occasion. Um, but like if, like you, you are 34 how how long have you been rollerblading for? Uh, I started when I was eleven. Okay, so you've been rollerblading for that long. It, it must have had an effect on your life, like for you to continue doing it, to for you to continue to push it and to write down trick ideas. Like rollerblading is having an effect on your life. Yeah, I think you're looking at it on a really individual basis and how many individuals being impacted will then uh, filter into like the general culture. But I think what I was getting at more so was that like the whole like hammer culture of uh, uh, like being like overly focused on doing like doing the the bigger, further, farther type of skating uh, is – uh, it's it's great for the athletic aspect of what we do, but as far as its effect on uh, on on human culture, it has almost none. Um, but instead, uh, what I what I think actually does have an effect on human culture in what we do is more of the creative aspect and the artistic aspect. Um, we, I'm not saying that we only should be skating if we can have some sort of an effect on human culture, but, um, uh, I, I think there's something to be said in that, uh, if, um, 
you know, if we can impact human culture in a positive way, um, it's there's more motivation in, right. you know, out there and skating on a daily basis, you know? Well, I think any any time you create a new visual, something that people have never seen before, that has a huge impact on, on society. Yeah, so but like, doing doing one extra 180 on something. Exactly. Uh, or like like the dude did, like the, there is the BMX edit of the guy like launching off of the bridge into the wall and drop it, dropping in into the wall. You know what I'm talking about? Um, on rollerblades? Like, no, BM, uh, it was a BMX was it? edit. He, okay. he launched off of a bridge, like way out over this gap and landed on the, like on a building and then dropped in like 20 or 30 feet into a ramp. Have you seen that? No. So that, that has an impact on, well, you should check, you should look at it. Like, okay. you know, at the, uh, but, um, I just don't see that uh, that type of thing. I think there's like a wow factor to that, and it's impressive. And it's like, oh wow, humans are cool; they can do amazing things. But there, there, there isn't there isn't something in the long term from that that can actually stick as being um, really uh, like genuinely powerful. Um, I, I I personally feel that something that is you know there there. Uh, the, the showing beauty in, in your movements is something that is actually more, uh, more powerful to, uh, to, to the human eye and brain, you know? Totally. Well, it's I think like, I'm not, dude, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to be all like this. No, I love it. This is great. <laughs> this is great. I think, I think those, the, everyone, the... Tuned out. everyone's already tuned out like 15 minutes ago. So let's just talk, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who cares? Everyone's gone. We can just chat. I think I think it has an effect to an extent. Like I think the you know like I think when Tony Hawk did the 900 at the X Games, I see that as like the the pinnacle of that that type of skating, that's or that type of movement or whatever. That was where it ha- it 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 leveled off and it had its impact. And it's like beyond that, it's like, okay, a, a dude does a 1080, a dude does a 1260. It's like, okay, society's kind of just like, okay, we've seen that. Yeah, this is a little bit better. But, you know, when Tony Hawk did it, that was like that, that perfect moment in time, that historical moment. And it's kind of just regurgitating that idea. But when people do things really stylishly or uniquely or become like a, a new type of visual through their, whether it's skating or BMX or whatever, um, that's where it becomes this, you're bringing novelty to the universe once again. It's like, it's like, I see, I see it as like painting. Like if you look at like, I don't know much about art history, but my, my small grasp of it is like people were painting like a lot of nature landscapes and they just like drew nature over and over and they refined it and they refined it to a point where it looked like a a photograph and it was incredible. You know, those, those people were very skilled, very talented, but then someone came along Jackson Pollock and he started fucking splashing paint on the canvas. And, and to us now it looks like, Oh, whatever. He's like his paintings, he's splashing paint on the canvas, but people had never seen that before. 
And they saw that and it blew their mind because it was just completely out of left field. It was something novel. It was something new. And I think with these activities, there's that potential to create something that it does like really blow people away. And they see it as like a, like a new concept. So I'd like to ask you about, I, um, I, uh, I, I don't, I, I don't think you really believe what you were saying about Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk's 900. Okay. I think I, I mean this very respect, uh, respectfully. Um, uh, I, uh, I think you might be saying what you said about Tony Hawk's 900 because of the media coverage and because of the, um, essentially like because you were kind of told to think and I was too I'm not you know I I kind of have that idea in my head too uh that you know that that 900 was so groundbreaking and that was a new era it's break broken forth I I now that I like in um I don't know in my wiser years <laughs> I look back I look back and I realized there's actually nothing really groundbreaking about it there was nothing uh, that there was nothing that was actually actually really uh, new and different, and there was nothing really bigger about it. it, it he he added another 180. It's not there was nothing uh, there was nothing really genuinely to its core better, and uh, there there was nothing that was uh, very impactful about it. Other than that, you know, the X Games told us that it was great, and I. I um, I, I think that what happened was, you know, uh, rollerblading saw that and was like, oh, God, no, we got to uh, we, we got to catch up and we got to do this and go. And, you know, we have to make ourselves be on that level. Um, are you still there? Hey, um, all right. Hey, I got to go. All right. Later. Hey, are you recording? Yes. Oh, all right. Never mind. Why? <laughs> no, never mind. Never mind. <clears throat> Sorry about that. My internet just blew up. I don't. I don't know what happened. Wait, where am I at? I don't see me in the picture. Yeah, I. I can't see you. I can hear you. There you go. Yeah. All right. I thought you got offended because I, uh, <laughs> I was, I was saying you got, you got, you got. I got punked. Lead, lead, led on by the media. Dude. It's true. It's totally true. The the ESPN told me that that was a, a pinnacle moment. It and was. It told, I mean, like they, they told they society, did. like it wasn't. It wasn't big to me. But I, I guess think, I, honest, I honestly, assumed. I, you, you think, I really think that you think that, and I did too. Um, I think that we all thought that because ESPN told us it was such a big deal. Right. And there were all the people cheering and he threw his helmet, Colin. The, man, that's, you know what, <laughs> you know what, you are right. He did throw his helmet. All right, I take everything that I said back. 
But I hear what you're saying, like, it was almost a manufactured historical moment. Aren't a, isn't a lot of history manufactured by... It's all, like, someone's interested in making it historical. It was in uh, ESPN's best interest that something historical happened during their broadcast, you know? And, it's, and the media kind of tells society what is important and what to pay attention to. That's that's the media's job. Uh, yo, let's get into some real deep conspiracy theories. <laughs> it's not even a conspiracy. They're just trying to make money. They're trying to make their their network, their show, their website, whatever. They're trying to make make it the yeah. it thing that everyone has to be watching. Hey, do you remember what year that? What year was that? The the infamous nine hundred. I want to say like ninety. Seven or I'm not too good with years. Ninety. I mean, I don't know. We can all agree that it it was somewhere in the mix of rollerblading. What when it respectively to rollerblading, uh, it came somewhere along the line of the rollerblading push to go big and go gnarly. Well, that's always been our response. yeah, I would like to suggest that rollerblading was influenced super deeply by ESPN telling us that that 900, that bigger, that one extra 180 was really important. And then we bought into that and, oh, yeah, okay. Like we were already kind of in that, you know, going along that, that road and like, oh, yeah, man, we got to catch up. We got to do this. We got to yeah. get, we, we got to, we got to show that, that we are bigger. We can go bigger. We can go farther. Like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say that like, you know, I was immune to that. Like, you know, I, I thought that too. Yeah. We all thought that. And that's where that role betting pushed that for many years. And a lot of sick, sick shit happened because of that mind frame of like, Let's push, let's see how big and how fast and all of that, how many spins and how many switch ups and how many, like the, how, what size of rails we can do. Like that attitude did produce some crazy, crazy shit for sure. I, I agree. But, but it, it has it, a, it has a limit. It produced a lot of crazy stuff in, in, a, in, in the athletic aspect of what we do. And I would, I would like to say that it actually held us back in what is actually important uh, and what, what would allow us to stay alive as a culture. Yeah. It, we were so focused on going bigger, farther, further, higher, um, that it, it actually held us back from creating something that it has longevity and creating something that we can really enjoy doing yeah. and um, so on. Yeah. Something that you would want your kids to do something that is like healthy, <laughs> uh, like a healthy thing to do. Like we lost a lot of people to that mind frame. I mean, Brian Shima shattered his heels, Colin. People, people gave their lives to, we had soldiers out there they were they were martyrs it's true there were martyrs 
people man they have so we need to have some like creative martyrs dude people that went so deep kevin yee dude yeah come on <laughs> come on dude <laughs> I, I could i could list too many people well you got to be cr- careful on that creative end it'll get you you can't yeah. be too, can't be too creative got to keep a balance yeah, I know that's true, right? But I, it is important. You gotta have some muscles, and then yeah, you, you gotta have some flair. Yeah, gotta have a. Ba- you gotta have them both. I mean, to to even like to execute the the types of maneuvers that you're doing, you gotta be healthy. You gotta be strong. You gotta have some core strength. Do you? <laughs> do you work out? <laughs> do you do anything outside of skating to like uh make yourself stronger make yourself m- more flexible anything like that uh yeah i go through like me personally i don't yeah. think anybody can hear this but uh, i mean sure okay i'll bite all right <laughs> um <laughs> uh yeah i sometimes do stretching in the morning um i have gone in and out of a little bit of working out, uh, but mainly like my workout is skating, dude. Like my, okay. like, that's that's how I work out. I skate. How often do you go skating these days? Uh, I mean, in the winter I don't go as much, but I'm really fortunate to be able to travel to like uh, SF uh, to San Francisco a lot uh, for work, and um, I skate almost every day out there. Wow. Man. Yeah, dude, SF, I love skating out there. It's so nice. It looks nice. It's so nice. Like in the city? Are you talking about street uh, skating? Or, yeah, uh, when I go out there, yeah, we mostly skate street. Um, yeah. Mostly. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like 80% done with a street part with uh, John Vasugi um, filming out there. Really? I, I was really hoping to try to finish it when I was out there last week, but um, I guess I'm, I'm an old man. I skated like kind of hard one day, and I was sore for three days. Wow! I, yeah, it was ter- I, I've I've never been that sore. I was doing these like compression things uh, where I, I'm I don't know how to work. Uh, I'm really into like the whole squat deal, like getting squatting on lots of different things. And that like <laughs> came back on. <laughs> I'm so dumb. But uh, yeah, so like it came back to haunt me. And I was like doing this thing, like jumping through a window, landed on like a bench, squatted, and then like doing like this thing where I'm like jumping out of like sitting through another window and like. I, the next day, I woke up and I like could not walk. I'm like, all right, I'm all right. I'm gonna go skate a little, work it off. And it didn't get, it didn't, it didn't go away for two more days. Whoa, it was terrible. Yeah, like in I your know, like, in your thighs. I know, just like yes. super sore thighs. Yeah, but also like you know, I had just I just got there. I was like from well, I didn't just get there, but I had just started skating there. Um, and I'd been in the deep, dark, cold Chicago winter, not skating. And so, you know, I wasn't too in shape. I don't go to the gym, dude. Right. Do you? you no, I don't like... go to the gym. I don't go. Come to... on. No, dude, I don't go to the gym. I said. No. <laughs> I don't go yeah, to the gym. Do. No, on. I don't. Fuck the gym. I hate the gym. 
How do no. you keep that physique? I work out at home. You do? Yeah. Oh, so you got the home gym. No, no, no gym. I got a couple kettlebells, but I don't really do yeah. like, I don't really use weights or anything, but I, I work out like every day. Oh, really? I, I only, I, I haven't skated for like three months cause I hurt my knee, but even when I'm skating in the summer and stuff, I'm usually only skating maybe once a week, sometimes once every couple weeks. Are you kidding? You put out so much stuff. How do you... So every time you skate, you're like, you're laying it down. You're doing laying it. it down. Yeah. Laying it down. Yeah. <laughs> but if I, if I relied on skating as my only... Like if I, if, if I didn't work out outside of that, I wouldn't be able to lay it down. Yeah. So I, I try to be in like top form. Um, so when I go <laughs> skate, I can lay it down. Because I got to lay, lay it down, Colin. Lay it down. Yeah. I yeah. got to get like so, 30 clips every time I go skate. <laughs> you do, though. Like, you, you, I don't know how, I don't know, I don't know how you do it. If I'm really lucky, if I'm really lucky, I will get like two in a day. But mine aren't like, <laughs> mine aren't like super high quality. Yeah, they are. Stop. No, not not like no, uh, no. They're they're not like, they're not bangers. It's you're being modest. How does it feel? No, I'm not being modest. I don't <laughs> think. No, I'll get like, I'll get like ten decent things, and then maybe one really good thing. Yeah. All right. But it's okay. You're like a really you're a really humble person. It's nice. I need to be more humble. Well. To be to be honest, like I'm, <laughs> like my confidence is really really low. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's bad. It's a problem. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what's next, dude? What do we want? To, let's talk about something. Um, were you involved we... with the pole skate shop? Uh, yeah, I own that skate shop. Okay, that was your skate shop. That's kind of what I thought. I, mean, I wasn't sure though. So what happened with the pole? <laughs> I'd li- I, I kind of like that you say you word it that way. Uh, it's it's still <laughs> it's still a skate shop. It still exists. Okay. Um, I still own it. Uh, I don't really ever talk about it. Um, so you own they, a skate shop? Look at you. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I could t- I could I could show you the shop. It's like right here. You're in the shop right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, Rollerbaddy's huge, dude. <laughs> wow. Okay, so you own a skate? Sh- like this is a place in Chicago? I work actively for people to not really know this. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like, like all the sections that you take, or all the clips you take off the internet. Yeah, no, all right, look, so um, I started a skate shop basically because I had to, because nobody had skate, like, there's a history to this, okay? Um, there, there, were, there were multiple skate shops in Chicago, they, like, kept closing, and, like, unfortunately, I was, like, that guy, you know, like, in, within a scene, you know, you, ha- you, you have that guy that's, like, that guy, <laughs> right. you know? Unfortunately, I was that guy. Unfortunately. And, like, super unfortunately and so 
like there was like a string of them that closed and I was like, and, um, uh, it's like, okay, I, I'm gonna, I'll do, we'll do a skate shop. And then we opened one, uh, downtown Chicago, but I mixed it in with, um, uh, like, a uh, vintage clothing, furniture, jewelry store. And then in the back, like hidden in this closet was a skate <laughs> shop. <laughs> so like the homies would come in and know like the deal, you know, uh, all right, let me get the skates, you know, like, Oh, here, take a look in, in this hidden closet. That's very dark here. Are the skates, it's okay. like a speakeasy. It was like a speakeasy skate shop. Right. Um, and then, so that building got sold. Um, we all had to move out. I mo- I ended up moving to the, the suburbs of Chicago and I took all this stuff with me and put it in my garage and I still have this business and I just, you know, move the address to my house and then, you know, let everybody locally know like, Hey, like we're, we're still a skate shop. We just don't have the storefront. It's just in the garage. And then I, I'm, I'm buddies with a lot of the people that, you know, own the, 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 um, the, own the companies. And I was like, Hey, we're in my garage now, just so you know, but we're, we're still a shop. It's just for the, it's for the dudes, you know, we're so just so you know, we're not like an actual storefront. They're like, Oh, that's fine, dude. We just, just buy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, since then, which is like three years ago, I've been trying to find someone to, take it from me (laughs) (laughs) so it's just a burden to you um i don't want to put it that way but (laughs) (laughs) i mean like people need wheels and bearings and frames and all this random stuff so like we have it here (laughs) and And so but well like what we do okay so I'll, I'll skip a bunch of like the the evolution of it, but like right now, um, I uh, Joe Dummett, who uh, is one of the most amazing dudes in the Chicago scene. He was like, you know what? I like skating. He's he's the, such a positive dude. He, he's not even like uh, clearly not in it to like make money. He's like, oh man, I like skating. Like yeah, okay, uh, I'll help you out. Uh, and I, I was basically asking people to like, please, can somebody else do this for me? Like, I really don't want to do it. And <laughs> so he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so I, I just, we transferred all this stuff to his apartment. So some of the stuff's in my garage, some of the stuff's in his apartment. So we, we can like mix it. Like some people are in the suburbs, some people are in the city and Joe just takes care of it all. And he basically works on commission. So like if he sells something, I pay him a commission. Wow. And he like he just takes care of it all. I don't I I I don't make my money from from the skate shop at all. In fact, I probably lose money from it. Um but I want it's it's actually really it's really important that uh, a community of people that skate have an easy access to like wheels, bearings and frames. Um those those things in particular. So basically Joe took this stuff and anytime in, you know, any, anybody in Chicago, if they need something, they, if they really need it quick, they just hit up Joe. Joe literally rides his bike. <laughs> he gets on his bike 
and delivers it. He'll he'll ride. I'm not kidding. He's he's amazing. So he'll get on his bike and he'll ride like 30 minutes on his bike to deliver a set of wheels to somebody. Wow. And I think I think he charges them like five bucks or something. Like, oh yeah, I'll deliver it to you. If you can't come, you know, delivery if you can't fee. come to me, I'll bring it to you. Like, just give me like five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and he brings it to them, dude. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean like a, a lot of people, even in Chicago, like don't even know that the poll still exists. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll, they'll like a lot some people order online, which is totally fine with me. Like <laughs> But, um, yeah, so there's a skate shop here. That's amazing. Which you own. I guess, yeah. Okay, so Chicago, so there seems to be a lot of rollerbladers in Chicago, then. Yeah, there are, yeah. It, well, um, I mean, relatively speaking, it yeah. does seem, per capita, there seems to be a relatively high number of people at skate. Okay. Because, the, yeah, these... Uh... What do you do? A Friday night, a Thursday night session. I see. I follow the Instagram account. Yo, Ben Price. Let me give a shout out. <laughs> Does yeah, he run ben. that Instagram account? Hey, do you know Ben? No. Okay. Look, I'm not even kidding. Ben is the most amazing dude when it comes to like a human and as a skater. Do you know do you know anything about Ben? No, no. Okay, so you got to know Ben Price. Okay. You get like get to know him, uh uh study study Ben and um the more like Ben anyone can be as far as a skater goes, the better of a skater you are. Really? So what is it yeah. about Ben that makes him so awesome? Man, I don't know where to start. Okay, we were talking about Friday, or uh, we're, it's it's actually it's called Thursday night skate because we used to have a Friday night skate, but it's now on Thursdays. So it's Thursday, it's Thursday night skate. That's why it's F T H N S, Chicago. Oh, so anybody listening, go. Uh, you should definitely follow the Thursday night skate account. I think it's F T H N S underscore Chicago. I think that's the Instagram account. Um, so Ben, there's there's a list of things that you can uh, <clears throat> that you can use to describe how amazing Ben is. But for example, Ben decided he would do a, the Thursday night skate, and for like two years now, he's gone almost every single Thursday night to a skate park in Chicago downtown. And almost the whole time, so Ben's really good at skating. He really, really loves skating. But the whole time, he'll be on his phone and filming people and getting people juiced to skate and like, like, oh yeah, yeah, do that, do that, do that, yeah, yeah, I'll film it, I'll film it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he like he puts people on every single Thursday. It's it's wow. I he but. If he if he didn't really like skating, that would be one thing. Like, oh, the guy's here. He like wants to film, but like he loves skating. But at the same time, he puts that aside and films every single time all the homies get together. And uh, like, even when somebody's trying, like you know, over and over and over and over again, he's like, okay, yeah, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. He's like super positive about it. It's it's, <laughs> it's really amazing. Um. Okay. That's that's the first thing, and then I'm gonna be in the Ben Price fan club right now, <laughs> uh, 
And then the second thing uh, that's super crazy about Ben, other than actually, other than how amazing of a skater he is, he's like really good at skating. He has really, he's really creative. He's, he's got great style. He's got like really cool tricks and stuff. Other than that, he, um, I think this in 2016, uh, I think he skated. It's either one or 2000 miles. I can't remember it, it or it was like it was either 1200 or 2200 or something like that. That's the disc. So he skates everywhere. Um, there's this group on man. I wish Ben was here to, to plug it, but there's this group on some sort of app that is nationwide where a bunch of distant skaters that are mostly aggressive skaters. I, I hate that term, but um, uh, they, like Casey Bagazzi does it, uh, Daniel Kinney does it, um, Tracy White does it, uh, a bunch of different people uh, do some distance skating. Yeah, Ben, Ben in the last two years, I think he's done like one year he did like over a thousand, and I I want to say this year he did something like that, or it was it was like a crazy amount of distance that he's crazy. done. So yeah, he skates like everywhere, dude. He once came to a, a party that I had at my house in the suburbs, um, which is like 30 miles out of the city. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to skate out there. And we're all sitting at the bonfire behind my house. And he showed up like in his skates, like running through the bushes and like ran up to us. <laughs> like he came on some bike path behind my house and he's like, hey. <laughs> yeah, that's the dude. The next podcast you guys do, you got to get Ben on it. He's amazing. Ben Price. Ben Price. Yeah. Wow. Skater of the century. So you've been you've been in Chicago like your whole life. This is your home city. It is. Yeah. Well, I I grew up like. 30 minutes outside of Chicago. I moved into Chicago in my college years. I lived there for like eight years. And then in my adult life here, I moved back out to actually my childhood home. So I live in my, I live in my childhood home now. My parents moved out and I have that house. Nice. Wow. I'm buying that. I'm buying the house for my parents. Cool. And how did you get into skating? Um, I think like a lot of, a lot of people did, you know, like, um, on side streets doing uh, street hockey and stuff. And then somebody brought out a launch ramp, but, um, like, did you, like, how did you find, or like, what got you your, how did you get your first pair of skates? Hmm. My first pair of skates is, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I got them at like a plate again, I think. Um, plate again. I mowed, I mowed my lawn. I mowed, I mowed a few lawns or something. I can't quite remember. I mowed some lawns and I got Blade Runner 5000s. It was before like really aggressive skates existed, at least as far as we knew. Um, and yeah, we, I, Blade, Blade Runner or, BX, no, BX 5000s. BX 5000s, yeah. So what, what made you want to go get these things? 
There's oh, mostly yeah. just there is there is another dude that was like he built a ramp like he he was friends with skateboarders and he had some, um, uh, he he had some skates uh, and yeah he he we went over to his house and he took us off the off the ramp and then from there we mostly skated ramps at first there was at <laughs> he that took point, us off really... the ramp like he he had you on his back or something <laughs> kind of yeah 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 like hit this ramp I, yeah yeah i mean hey but look um i don't know i, I don't know if talking about uh the history of my skating is something that is really you know, really awesome. <laughs> so there's no like cool story. No, not really. Yeah, I mean, I started like a lot of different kids did. You know, we we uh, playing yeah playing street hockey. We we went on some ramps in Chicago. A lot of people started the same way that I did, where we you know the first skate park we went to was Scrap, um, where you know some people have probably heard about that because there was like these big pro contests back then. Yeah, uh, and. Um, we went to scrap all the time, uh, and there was like this one, uh, the, the, in my past, I think the thing that was the most impactful to me that like really made me really want to skate more was like, I had learned how to misty flip. This is, I was like one of the first people to be able to misty flip in Chicago. And like, I pulled out the misty flip at this contest where a bunch of pros were at, and then a uh, scribe came up to me and was like, Oh, we want to sponsor you. Oh, yeah. And then, like, I got, yeah, no, yeah. So then I was like really excited. And I was actually, so I was pro for scribe for like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> they, gave, they gave me a contract and I signed it. I was like, I was like 15 or something. I you... signed this contract with them. And within like three weeks, the team manager had called me out. Or no, it was like, it was more than that. It was maybe five weeks. I was like waiting for my monthly paycheck. <laughs> How <laughs> much was your monthly paycheck? With Scribe, it was like, uh, I don't know. It must have been like 200 bucks or something. It was nice. Something... I know, right? <laughs> no, but I got it. This is the, the biggest letdown of my, my early life was when I got a call from Zoda from Scribe to tell me, you know, Colin, I, I was like, hey, like, is the check coming? Because I don't get it yet. <laughs> like, you know, Colin, um, we're going to go. And he, he said, that, and I only later realized how cheesy this was. He's like, you know, Colin, the company is going to go in a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> I was 15. <laughs> like, come on, dog. You're 15. You got fired from Scribe. We've decided to go in a new direction, Colin. You're just, you're not scribe material. That's rough. Yeah. So this rough. lasted three weeks, you said, or three months? No, no, no. It was like just beyond a month. Because I remember I was supposed to get the check. Oh, you ne so you never got the monthly check. check. It was a month. They told me I signed a contract for a scribe <laughs> to pay me monthly. And it was like a couple hundred. It's a lot of dollars, dude. It was like 200 bucks, dude. Yeah, that's that's incredible that's, for a 15-year-old. That's awesome. Do you know how many lawns I would have to mow for that? That's balling. I know, dude. And so he hit me up, and I was like, what's up with my check? Where is it at? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, 
I wanted to ask you about your your skate setup. You have an interesting. Are you still doing the tri rocker deal? Yeah. So, um, you know, the, have you heard of the wizard frames? Of course. Yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I'm trying to do the wizard frame, but not the wizard frames. That's pretty. Isn't that like? It's kind of obvious, right? Um. No, because it – well, you, you've got a, a rocker going on, but it's different than the wizard rocker. Well, it's, yeah, so the wizard frames um, have a bit of a rocker, I thought, at the third wheel, right? One to four. Yep. Like, yeah, at the third wheel, the, the third wheel is a little bit higher than the rest, just a little bit, right? Yes. Higher than so, the second, and then the first and fourth are higher than the second and third. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's the same setup that I have, uh, except it's like super exaggerated and it's with a frame that you can grind on like a, a typical frame. So right now I'm doing, um, I'm doing a frame that has 57s on the outside. And, um, uh, so <clears throat> let me, let me actually word it this way so that the listeners can understand. If you're going to count the wheels from front to back, one through four, one, two, three, four, yep. my n- wheels number one and four right now, well, they started at 57 millimeters. Uh, they're the dirt box 5796s. And then um, the third wheel back is a 62 millimeter wheel. And then in the second wheel, I have an Annie rocker. A, w- so, a what? Um, an Annie rocker wheel. Oh, like Annie a, rocker. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> I don't know. I could, I could be long winded on this, but I don't know how much people want to hear about it. Um, well, it is interesting. So, so what advantage does this, uh, cause that's a pretty serious rocker, a five mil difference. Yeah, so but as you know, the five millimeter difference would only actually be two and a half in the radius. Right. So it it is a pretty significant radius. Like when I'm actually skating, like I was skating yesterday, and I had somebody behind me being like, "Why isn't your back wheel rolling?" Right. You're just down a bike path, you know. Um, and so like when I'm just skating normally, it like my my back wheel doesn't even roll. Yeah. Um. Um. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it is a pretty significant rocker. Um, it's just, I, I don't know, it's really fun to skate on. Like you probably know, dude, being able to have like a, a like a pivot point on on your frame or on your on your wheel, like one wheel being able to pivot. But this is like really exaggerated, where only one. Like I can literally roll for a little bit, just a little bit of time. If I try, I can actually roll on just two wheels. Yeah, where right. the two wheels I'm rolling on are my third wheel. Rocker um, is incredible. People need to be more educated with with rocker. Um, one thing about rocker is that it allows you to skate a longer frame without it feeling like a ski. Like people don't really understand that. Like they'll see a lot. Like we skate like pretty long frames, and they'll be like, "Oh my god!" And but if we were riding those flat they would feel super like skis, like you wouldn't be able to turn on them. They wouldn't feel very good. But because we have a rocker on it, they don't feel yeah. long. 
because usually yeah. your your outside wheels aren't even touching so you're swiveling on like a, a smaller a smaller uh frame width but you have the stability of having those wheels there when you need them yeah so basically what i'm trying to do is get the feeling of the wizard frame but on a frame that you can really easily grind on right and did you go like when before you had this tri rocker set up were you on a flat rocker or were you on an anti rocker what did you go yeah, from like a, a a really a really traditional anti rocker just usually you know 60 millimeters on one and four and then two anti rocker wheels yeah okay so since and, since moving to the tri rocker does it feel like certain tricks are uh possible or like has it opened up doors for you that you yeah. well it, so if it um i guess <clears throat> the the best way to explain this to the the to people that are listening is if you if you watch the the piece that i had put out uh with drew like basically almost every trick that i did um would not be possible without the the rocker that i have and i would actually say that it would not be able to be done quite like what i did if i didn't have that extreme of a rocker um not necessarily in the middle of the trick like during like the the peak or pinnacle of the trick but especially during the like the outs i guess like i call them the outs like where you know after you've landed almost and you're like coming away from the trick so for example uh the trick that 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 people were kind of pointing to a little bit more was the acid grind uh to set slide out um the if you look at the way that the foot my right foot uh swiveled out of like so i was set sliding down the down the the transition yeah. uh with my, my right foot was set sliding my left foot was rolling but the the in my opinion the reason why that trick was was it was cool at all at least the reason why i felt it was cool is the way that my right foot was able to pivot from behind um my left foot around uh and that type of thing can't happen with any rocker or even um even a rock, even a tri rocker that's not exaggerated. Um, there's a bunch of examples like that. Almost every trick has that type of example. With, uh, I mean, the one that's the most obvious is the one where I did the, the. Um, what, hey, what do you call? You know, gazelle is when you go from fakie to forward. Uh, yeah, kind of in a carve. Yeah, what's the what's the a gazelle except where you start forward and you go to fakie? It's it's a gazelle. It's a variation of gazelle. A, like, what do, you, what do you call it? <clears throat> just a the gazelle. I, I think it's just like a forwards gazelle. I could swear that Leon called that something else when I went through the rigorous uh, wizard training. <laughs> yeah, he might have a different word for it. Um. But I think it's just it's it's like a forwards to fakie gazelle. So there there was a trick where I did the forward forward gazelle while going up the transition, and then did a shifty air and then landed forward. 
Do you, do you remember the trick in that piece? Yeah. So <clears throat> that type of thing, I really don't, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but if you look really, if you slow-mo the trick really, if you look at it really, really closely, neither, neither one of the feet leave the transition on the way up uh, the ramp. It's, it's really easy to do that trick where you do like, uh, uh, where you just like swivel one foot only. But if you swivel, if you swivel both feet at the same time and then go up the transition on your way up, it, you, you literally just can't do that trick on Annie rocker. It's not possible. Right. Because it's so sticky. Yeah. Well, you would have to pick up your toes or have to pick up your heels. Like yeah. you'd have to pick wheel one or wheel four. Um, but the only way that I was able to do, do what I did is because of the extreme rocker that I have. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But it, it literally, it has to be like an extreme, maybe I'm wrong. If somebody wants to prove me wrong, please, that'd be great. But well, I think they could, they could, um, if they were really good or like they could f- almost fake it, like you said, by lifting up the heels or the toes, but to do it the way that you did it, where you're, you're, you were very centered on your skates while you turned. Yeah. You can only do that with, yeah, a rocker, a pretty exaggerated rocker. Yeah, that was like maybe like, I think I tried, I think I did it like 30 times to get it right. Really? Or maybe 20, I don't know. We had a total of like an hour and 10 minutes of footage and it was kind of comical. And he's like, he texted me, he's like, yo, it's, it's 42 seconds. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, it, it take it took a really long time. I think it, I was really, I was really fortunate that Drew was willing to film that with me because he was really patient with me. That's awesome. Uh, but he he's a similar stickler as me as far as like trying to make sure it is like totally, totally, totally like the right thing that we are trying to go for. You know, right. Again, like I can really, I really appreciate the effort that, like, and the the perf- the perfectionist kind of approach, but we're just not like that at all. Like, we, you will, will I just will get a get one that's good enough, and then it's like okay, just now we'll move on to something else. Like I I, I just hate doing the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. But I really appreciate, like, I, it really shows when people do that. <laughs> when so, people yeah, but take a lot of time it, to get, just nail it with the perfect I, I filming feel like, and everything. I feel like there's a big difference, though, between um, perfecting um, uh, your vintage, or how do I word this? Um, there's a big difference between perfecting like a canonical trick as your as as uh, Frank Stoner would say, right? <laughs> uh, and and perfecting a trick that is I don't know, like a unique trick that is different. Yeah. Where you're basically like I, I feel like what I was trying to do was like set a standard for a certain like this what I was trying to do. And then once that standard is set and then you know um you know what like 
oh, man, this is so hard to word and put it like actually put into language. Um, there, there are, there are definitely lots of instances in, uh, in filming where, uh, not perfecting it is much preferred. And I think that there are, I won't name skaters here, but there are a lot of, there are a variety of skater. There's actually not that many, but there are some skaters that are still skating that make things absolutely perfect. And that's great. That's nice. But at some point it being so perfect becomes kind of boring. Right. And um, it, it's refreshing in a certain way to it's refreshing to be able to see that that skater put something out that is not quite perfect. It, it's nice to see that. But in the way like in my skating career, I guess you call it where I'm at is I kind of don't have the liberties. I don't I don't really have the the right to put out things, in my opinion, this is just my personal opinion on my skating. I don't really have the right yet to to put out something in video form that has imperfections because I'm not. I, I haven't like shown really uh, undeniably that those types of things that I'm doing I can do in a really like nicely tailored way. I know you disagree with what I'm saying. I, I know. Again, I appreciate the amount of respect you have for the game that you. <laughs> hey, this is not a game. <laughs> I have, I really appreciate that. Yeah. No, but like, if you, um, yeah. Do you know any skaters that make things like super, super perfect and you're kind of bored of seeing it so perfect? Well, I think the, yeah, the example was always Brian Aragon for me. And it, it was almost like he did such skillful, difficult maneuvers, but he did them so perfect that they just looked, it looked too easy in a way. Like when, when tricks are a little bit rough or a little bit, yeah, like rough around the edges, it almost looks harder because like the person, you can see the struggle that they're going through. Like the the opposite end of the spectrum, the example would be Sean Cullen, where the, you can sense the <laughs> you effort. You Sean Cullen on you. Like his, his I love Sean Cullen's skating, okay? And, and his tricks are are usually like pretty basic pretty like not not the most difficult maneuvers but there's something about the way that he does them where you can feel the effort and you can feel the heart behind the tricks and it's almost just like fuck yeah that guy did like a fucking topsole and you could just see like the sweat <laughs> coming off of him and you could see the look in his face like he's putting so much effort into it and then Brian Aragon will do like some crazy spin to a grind but it's like he's just so good that it's like it looks effortless and it's amazing like you can respect it but at the same time you you kind of yawn and it doesn't you don't feel it as much okay you know is there anybody nowadays that's that's currently skating and putting out stuff that you would say is in the similar realm of being too 
perfect. Um, see, it's interesting because Alex Broskow's skating is perfect, but I don't have that. I don't have that same complaint about his skating. I love Broskow's skating. Um, who? So Broskow. Broscow would like <clears throat> I feel like Broscow clearly has there there's like it's it's undeniable that Broscow can absolutely perfect like literally almost anything. And I think he would be an example of somebody who would like I think a lot of people ha are almost yearning to see something like one trick that he 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 would put out that would be slightly imperfect and i'd be like ah oh, thank you thank you you know what i mean yeah maybe maybe you know who was such a good raw rough skater that was so imperfect but so magnificent was Brian Shima. His landings were always like kind of sketchy and, and his skating was very imperfect, but it was probably the best skating ever, ever done. Yeah. I think that like when you're, when you're like a little shorter in stature, those imperfections become uh, less exaggerated and it's less true. You know what I mean? Like, if you're a tall guy, like, if you're, like, a farmer, like, when, like, I guess he, there are some imperfections in his skating, you know? Yeah. But, like, they're so much more exaggerated, and they're, like, way less forgivable for him, and, you know, God bless his soul. It's but, true. like, and, and he, like, I feel like farmer would have to, like, work harder to to make his, his, uh, his trick look as good just because his, his stature makes his his imperfections so much more exaggerated it's true the imperfections are less acceptable the larger you are yeah because it makes you it it magnifies your size almost the the imperfections yeah but so, but hey e either way so i think everybody that skates has this type of uh dilemma like running around in their head and yeah. everybody puts different like border of like where they allow that perfection or that that imperfection where they're uh you know saying okay that's that's okay enough you know what i mean right so that's um so how how do you, i'm just let me interview you for a moment <laughs> how right. do you decide how do you decide where if you're so okay with imperfections how do you decide uh where that line is drawn well there are, of course, standards that need to be met, and usually the what's the, what's most important for me is that it's um, that it's filmed in a way that that emphasizes the right part of the trick, or it's like extracting the the most important part of it. Um, so the angle needs to be right, the filming needs to be right. Um, in terms of the trick 
um, like the movement, the execution. Um, is it just so? Let, let me maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but are you looking for? Are you looking to try to say that like the um, in in rock climbing they call it the crux move, like where there's like some sort in, in a line in rock climbing there's like a certain move in the in the in the climb where you're uh, it, it's basically like the hardest part of it where um, you know where the maximum like difficulty is in that part of the line uh, and with skating like the in one trick itself there's a certain aspect of it that is the crux move. And yeah. maybe with you, as long as you execute like the crux of it properly, the rolling away of it may be less important. And as long as you kind of executed the crux of it properly, you can live with the the roll away being a little imperfect or something. Yeah, it, and it, and the rules change depending on the trick. You know, I think every trick does have a standard and rules that you kind of you know at the time or you can discuss at the time um like some tricks require like a more perfect landing or like a part of it needs to be executed in a certain way like if there's a part of it that is the unique factor or the wow factor like that single part needs to be of a certain standard but um i think sometimes it's a mis- it's it's a mistake to do things over and over and over and over because after a while I think you lose a certain essence of it. I think oftentimes some of my favorite tricks are the ones that are done first try because there's like a a spirit in it that can only live that first time. And after that, you're just repeating emotion, you know, Um, whether it's visible to the viewer or not, like in your soul, you're just you're just reading from a script after a while. Like it's, it's amazing when you can get capture something on, on film and it's like the first go, um, whether or not it's perfect, but really it's hard to answer your question because yeah, the rules change depending on the trick. But I find that the most important thing usually is like how you choose to film it because, but but you don't know. So do you find yourself looking at, other people being satisfied with what they had done uh and and sort of being a little critical of it where like you uh you know you see a trick that's in a video and and do you ever find yourself being like it would have been nice to see them do it a little bit a little bit cleaner i don't think i ever have that thought no no. Are, so you a, are, are you a saint? What are you? No, I'm not saying that I like everything that I see. That is because I, I it's hard to believe. It is so hard to believe. It is no, so I, hard. No, it's there, the opposite. This, the, I, look, look. This the thing that makes skating so amazing is how difficult it is. The the thing that makes what we do the type of skating that we do is how difficult it is to make it look good to make it look under control to make it look really like i mean you can you watch so many people skate down the street 
or even, you know, skate the way that we do. And so many people, including myself, I am in this category. Um, so many people are not able to make it look good. Yeah. There are very, very, there are very few people in what we do that where, so hold on. I know you, you kind of disagree with this, but there are very few people that are actually able to show this. This, I think you would agree with. There are very few people that can actually show that they are completely under control, under control in every little aspect of what they're doing. It is, it, it is almost a miracle to see someone in the flesh able to execute a trick. I, the word is so terrible to, to do a trick um, that where every little part of it is in under total control. That's the thing that makes, in my opinion, that's the thing that make, I'm not saying that every trick should be done that way, but that's the thing that makes what we do. Um, that, that's the thing that makes what we do really, really unique. I, I used to think it was about our culture. It was about how closely knit our community was. But in, in my my older state here, I really feel like what makes what we do unique is how hard it is to do what we do and make it really look good. It is very difficult to make look good, and usually it doesn't look good. So you're... But what what you're saying is that you enjoy some of those imperfections, which I... I, I didn't I say I enjoyed it. See, that's the thing. I don't enjoy most rollerblading. But I never have the thought, like, that should have been done with more control. Like, I, that's usually not my complaint, at least consciously. Like, when I, when I don't like something, I don't think control or more control is always the answer. No, of course it's not always the answer, but in fact, in I, fact, I think sometimes people try too hard to to have too much control, and I think that can result in like not very good style. I think, I think. So, who? What is there? Is there anybody that you want to call out in that respect? Um, not specifically, <laughs> but I think like if you look at a, the classic like OG blader. Okay, let's let's. Let's think about that classic character, okay? He's well, roll, he, come on, but you bring it contemporary. Give me somebody. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna name any names, <laughs> but okay. Imagine a guy and he's holding his arms like, like very stiff. He's he has a clear idea in his head about how his upper body should look, kind of like a stiff version of Dustin Latimer or something. And he's and he rolls up. He's got like some crisp. <laughs> really crisp jeans and some like nice clean white skates and he he skates up and he jumps on a a, a higher ledge or something in a back farve position and he holds the back farve with a well, really your arms firm far away from your body there in the video here a really firm and, and then lands <laughs> fakie and kind of like and he does have a lot of control but i i would say that control is really his problem he needs he needs to let go a little bit and allow his body to move in a more natural way and i think a lot of the best tricks um are tricks where control is lost 
and then regained or like, um, okay. Like Sagona. Okay. Like second regime Sagona. A lot of, a lot of his movements to me, I would describe them as out of control, you know, at, at, at points. I think, but I, I think that Sagona is an amazing example of being able to to um, appear to be out of control while being completely in control. But I know what you mean. Like, I, I, I think I agree. But, like, you know what the beauty of this is? Is that it's so subjective. Oh, yeah. This is really, like, this discussion just, it, 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 <clears throat> it is a great example of how what we do is not, we don't have rules, dude. We don't, we cannot, no. we, we don't, there, this is not ice skating or gymnastics. What no. we're describing is neither of those types of things. It's kind of similar, but what we do is so subjective and, and what makes something great to, to you uh, is, could be very, very different than to me. And that's why what we have right now, for example, going on is, it's so diverse. Yeah. What, 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 there are so many different types of opinions of what great skating is. And it's like flourishing in all these different, uh, spectrum. It's like a, you know, this tree that's like spreading out in so many different directions where, and also each person is able now to jump between each of the branches where like they, at this point, like this week, they like this branch and then they can jump over to a third branch from there and like that. You know, and then yep. try to emulate that and be, you know, great at that type of thing. Before, in the, God, we talk about this too much, we being, you know, skating, uh, inline skating culture. But in the 90s, like, you know, it was all the same. It looked, yeah. it generally looked the same. And, and now, um, so many different types of skating can be, like, deeply respected. And that's so awesome, dude. Maybe that's why we'll be skating in 60 years. Yeah. Be, it is it is really flourishing. Like the, for the last I don't know, in the last 5 years I've I've seen it just flourish in so many different ways. It is exciting. Dude, honestly, honestly, I know I'm maybe tooting uh your horn here, but honestly, I think the primary driving factor the, the primary driving force or what instigated what's happening in the last like four years has to do with like Southwestern Canada. And especially like, like better than baseball started it. It was like, that was like what started the ball rolling. It was better than baseball. It started the ball rolling. And then basically skating became amazing. I know, I know I'm like, <laughs> I'm not trying to, but really, like that's that's uh, that is genuinely how I feel, and I think that it, it, it at this point has become like bigger bigger than you and you guys and like southwestern Canada. But um, I think you guys really like maybe so. People talk about what's like going to save rollerblading, but maybe it's not about saving, and it's about making skating enjoyable again. And I think yeah. that I think that like better than baseball and what happened after that is, is what saved rollerblading and not, not saved it in making it, 
you know, big, but saved it and making it enjoyable again. Hmm. Do you know that? Come on. <laughs> you know, you know, you, you know that at least under the surface. It's, it, that seems very grandiose. Um, anybody maybe, that, denies, maybe for certain individuals, that denies that doesn't understand the history as a whole of our sport. I'm going to just say that. Hmm. There's been many, there's been many contributing factors. You know, I'm hesitant to take all the credit for, for all this. Um, there, there's, there's so many, there's so many brilliant minds involved and I think it, it is really a maturing thing. It's, it's a blessing and a curse that so many of us are like in our thirties now. Like it sucks that we don't have more younger participants, but in a way like the age has really spurred on this renaissance of creativity and um and just not even necessarily creativity but just being open to experimenting open to looking stupid in in the for the sake of maybe uh discovering new things like i've noticed that in your in your instagram stuff like you 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 play around you fuck around a lot and you're not afraid to look stupid like a lot of your, like a lot of your Instagram, like what was the, what was the one, a recent one where you did like a, like a, like a one, two step on like a little curb, like into a crab roll. Like that shit was brilliant. Like, I think that's a problem in our, in, in role bidding is people are afraid to look stupid, but, th but through looking stupid, you can really discover a lot of new movements and a lot of new skills this is a this is serious business and we need to make we need to make sure that what we're doing it uh shows the world that we're serious <laughs> and that that um this is not a game and that we are we are here and we are dropping hammers and that nothing else matters other than going big and making shit real i know and when people see it it's going to be undeniable colin undeniable yeah that is very important to our to our success it's true see the difference is like if we had done this podcast maybe like 15 years ago um that may have been 90 percent of the content that we would have spoken about and we would have been serious like that little joking interaction would have been extended for like four hours and we would have been a hundred percent no no joke like that would have been real that's the difference <laughs> so what what are people going to look back at what we're talking about now and say about how we went wrong with this era yeah like what's wrong with this era like how do we i don't think anything's <clears throat> wrong with it I mean, that's what we would have said 15 years ago. No, and but what I mean by that is like, there's no, there's no restriction really. I see this as as being the right path, even even if um, people aren't going to embrace the one two stall on the curb to the crab that that you <laughs> that you did. Um, <laughs> That's that's not a mistake to put that online 
um, it because because it's demonstrating something that's really important to the future of rollerblading experimentation and freedom uh looking st- looking stupid is not a mistake being self-conscious of looking stupid is a mistake because being self-conscious of being looking stupid and not doing that is is preventing growth but looking stupid and doing silly shit is a pathway to to new branches on the tree that comes back to what i was saying about learning new tricks like the mistakes that's like that's right. yeah that's how you learn new tricks I because because there's no clear objective there's no <laughs> like who's to say that that landing a trick is even better than missing a trick you know skateboarding is actually going through a really similar era yeah like where doing goofy stuff is actually now acceptable. Like it's, I shouldn't say acceptable. It's not the right word, but it's like admired in a certain way that it wasn't in the past. It's true. It's kind of funny. I mean, we're like, a lot of people want to segregate skateboarding culture with the inline skating culture, the type of culture that we're in. And I mean, it's, I I think that it's actually, there, there are a lot of parallels that, that are happening that, that, can be accepted and it's okay to accept those things you know a lot of people want to say oh you look like a skateboarder when you skate dude like you look so dumb like, you're you're cuffed and tucked like <laughs> you're cupping on skateboarders dude i'm cool bro okay okay bro cool <laughs> like i'm glad that you like you got this idea of what's what is good and bad skating that's cool <laughs> <laughs> They know. Yeah, it's good. It's good to know. I'm glad that people have this idea of what skating should be. That's cool for you, dude. I mean, I'm going to skate for a long time, and you're maybe, I don't know, maybe you will, but something tells me that you don't really get it. I don't know. (laughs) I like, you're wearing a tank top right now. That's okay. Exactly. I'm glad you're wearing a tank top, dude. Is my my hat all right with you, dude? Let's talk about it, dude. Let's talk about our clothes some. Come on. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you about your pants, actually. You're wearing some interesting pants um, (laughs) lately. Yo, check out these today I got. Wow. That's a gun and a... And a girl on the back of your pants, like graphics, a nice baggy, Colin's standing up right now showing me a nice baggy jean with a nice square um, back pocket and a graphic of a, of a machine gun. An AK. An AK. Sorry, I'm not too good with guns. I'm Canadian. An yeah, AK <laughs> and, a, and a girl, like a, like a kind of hooker looking girl in heels and what is the what's what's like the graphic in between there oh it says hi exclamation (laughs) (laughs) those are buttes thank you so 
um, what what are you looking for in a pant when you select a pant to go skating in? Um, so skating is not about the tricks. It's uh, it's actually about what you're wearing. <clears throat> exactly. Um, I'm just trying to I'm trying to make sure people understand that um, my clothing is the most important aspect of my skating. So I just want to make sure that that comes through. And it does. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, and then so once people really deeply internalize that the clothing is um, very important, then we can start uh, we can start to talk about and look at the tricks that I'm doing. You know. Yeah. You've chosen a a, a a a large cuff, like a wide pant, and you're not tucking. The 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 pant goes all the way to the to the boot. Is there a reason yeah. for that? Um. Okay. So. <clears throat> well, for actually, first let's talk about why we're talking about this. Okay. Um. I think that the reason that we're talking about this is because um, the way that we internalize skating uh, has to do with, um, like, in a certain sense, like a silhouette. Like, if you're looking, if you're looking at skating and you're to take a silhouette of the skating, the body looks really different uh, depending on the type of clothing that you're wearing. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people want to joke about, like I just was, they want to joke about how, um, you know, oh, you're, what, what is it like? So when tight pants came out, like a lot of people started to hate on the tight pants, you know, and be like, oh, you look like a fag, dude, with tight pants, you know. And then people were like, well, no, like I really, I, I like, I think that some people were at that time were saying like, or at least in their minds, they were feeling like, well, no, like. You can. I think that people were thinking that it, they felt like it looked good to them, because you can really see everything about the body's movement. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, and uh, as skating has progressed, I think that you're that we're like we're now seeing that some people are taking liberties in the tight pant era. You know, um, and I, I really what I think that is is. Uh, those liberties that we're taking in the clothing that that people are wearing uh, that, that people are wearing uh, are are intrinsically tied to the same liberties that we're taking in the types of hardware that we skate on. Um, the big like skating in big wheels, for example, or skating in a, a different type of frame or or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So basically, you're you're finding this branching off in all different types of aspects of skating. And I think people that are just trying to find different ways to express how to visually uh, the, to visually express themselves, and right. that's that, in my opinion, that's awesome because it's we should not all necessarily look exactly the same. We, no, it's okay. It, it's okay to not look the same um, in what we're skating and in what we wear. And I, I think it's kind of funny that, like, people take such offense to these things of, like, 
you know, oh, big wheels. You look like you look so dumb skating in your big wheels. You know, your 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 dickies skating your dicky pants. You know, like dude, like look at the way that somebody looks while they're skating or the tricks that they're doing. Or like look at just look at the bigger picture of it. I I'm I'm caught in the same type of thing. Like I find myself looking at looking at skating in, in, in a way that I constantly need to check myself, you know, where some, you know, I do find myself being a little bit, if there's a racism when it comes to, uh, skating, it'd be like clothingism, you know, right. <laughs> like if somebody's dressed super like, come on, dude, <laughs> like, I like kind of start to think that I'm like, all right, no, no, no. Like, don't do that. Like, don't think that, you know? <laughs> I think everybody kind of has a subtle clothingism in them when it comes oh, totally. to skating, yeah. and I think we should all check ourselves on that. But I, I didn't even really answer your question, um, did I? No, but it was better than answering my question. What are my baggy pants about? Uh, <laughs> my my baggy pants basically. Um, I, I've been trying to kind of change around like the different, I've been trying to change around my tricks, you know, and it kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, I've been changing around my setup. I've been changing around how I'm dressing too. And I think it all is like a, uh, it's kind of, it's a, it's a general picture. And, uh, you know, uh, as far as what I'm, what I'm trying to do, you know, I don't know, in a week from now, I might be in uh dressed in a firefighter suit i don't know dude and if you want to hate on that it, would be cool. pretty cool i'm glad you want to hate dude <laughs> that would be pretty cool um, i mean not you know what i mean no i i've enjoyed uh the clothing that you've chosen to wear and it's interesting that that clothing can so what- it's interesting that it can affect the way you feel about yourself so much and 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 really affect the types of moves that you want to do. It's fun it's fun to experiment with different types but of clothing. It, it totally makes sense though if you think about it. Yeah. In your head before you do a trick, you're thinking about how you want to make it look, right? Right. You there's a there's a certain way that you want to make it look and to try to think that um, the way that you want that to look has nothing to do with like this fabric that you have on your body is totally ignorant. It, it absolutely does. Like you have a certain idea in your head about the way that you're, you know, the way that you spin out of a trick, how, you know, when you close your eyes and you think about, okay, this is, I don't know if you ever do this, but like before, like I sometimes I'll like kind of like I'll close my eyes and think about like, okay, this is how I'm picturing myself in my mind spinning out of this trick or moving my foot this way. And in my head, I have a certain, I, I don't know how else to describe it other than like a silhouette right. um, of, you know, this movement. And I, I have this idea of it moving this way and, you know, it's spinning like that. And that's how this silhouette looks. And like if I were naked or something like that, it would look really different. It could look really, really different than if I had had these big baggy Jesus jeans on, you know? 
Yeah. It changes that visual that yeah, you're creating. So, right. So I like right now I have a certain visual in my head of how certain things um, I want to look and like that, you know, yeah. That, that makes answer? sense. Totally. It, it, what's really great about this, though, is that you can't like you can't really like I, I you can't put your finger on it. You can't say like, well, I am dressed like this because of this. You know, like that's what's great about this conversation. You know, where what we're doing is really subjective. Exactly. And I love it. I love that, dude. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for doing this, Colin. You've been a You've been an awesome guest. I've enjoyed talking to you. Yeah. I wish I, that I, I wish that um we lived closer and we could like <laughs> hang out and go skate. That's what I wish. Man, you know, I I, I it's definitely mutual. Yeah. I would be I, I man, I I need to come out there and skate with you guys sometime. I've been meaning yeah. to. So I think maybe I want, I'd have to like probably bring the family out there. I don't know. Oh wait, you got a family too. Maybe like maybe I can bring the whole family out and then we can get the girls together and the kids and they can play and then we can skate and I don't know. Totally. <laughs> well, the kids are very similar ages. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I'll put books. Well, we'll uh, let's keep in touch. For sure, man. Hey. All right. This has been great. Thank you so much. Right, and cool. I, I'm excited to see more of of your moves. Oh, thank. Well, I'm excited to see more of your moves as well. <laughs> Sweet. Get back out there, dude. I will. <laughs> All right. All see right. you, dude. Have a All good right, night. Later. You too.